I sh should get a stand. I should point out, I am aware, I am fully aware that not one thing I'm wearing coordinates with a single other thing I'm wearing. But one, um, when else am I going to get a chance to wear this? Um, this personally is why I am not all that opposed to global warming. I mean, I see, this, I see the highlights of it. Uh, the other thing is that uh, though nothing here coordinates, I venture to say I can probably coordinate with every single one of you that dressed up this morning somewhere. And I think really that's what Paul meant by all things to all people. So you're welcome. Um, earlier this fall, spring, late spring, not spring, fall, uh, fall, a couple months ago, I started shambling. Um, pride would like to say running, uh, but self-respect won't allow that. Um, so for the last uh, 10 weeks, I've been more often than not, three, four days a week, I've been out shambling. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and I've been making some progress. And um, you know, not, you know, I'm not running New York anytime soon, but progress, and, and I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, one of the things I'm doing is uh, right now, I, I run for a specific amount of time, like three minutes. No, it's like a half hour, but I'm trying, I'm trying to get to a, a, a benchmark pace, a, a, a pace number that I set for myself. And one of the things I, do, I, I use to do this is I have a song, you know, and I run, I try, I try to step to the beat uh, in anticipation that that will get me to that pace I want to be at. Um, currently, the running song is Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. Y you say woohoo, but I've been listening to that song like eight times in a row every day for like 10 weeks, and I hate that song just so much. I mean, I really, really hate that song. Um, but the other day, uh, Monday, this Monday, I was monkeying around, and uh, I was looking at something, and I discovered that the speed of Mr. Blue Sky is significantly faster than, than what I'm looking to be running right now. I mean, if you can run Mr. Blue Sky, I mean, that's like, like a seven and a half minute mile. People, I am not running a seven and a half minute mile. Uh, so what happens, and, and I start thinking about this, and I started using logic. Yes, uh-oh. Uh, so I start thinking, well, what happens is I start running, and I'm going really, really fast, but I can't sustain that, and so then I have to slow down, and then I'm going, like, really slow. And then, we, you know, when the nausea passes, I try to speed back up again, and, and so, you know, it's this wave, and it's not getting me where I want to be because I've kind of been stuck at this same place for, like, weeks. And, and I'm, I'm, like, right in sight of this benchmark I set for myself, but I'm just not getting there. But what if I picked a slower song where I could maintain, I could maintain all the way through and I get to the end, and you know, the, the tortoise and the hare, and you know, slow and steady win the race, and blah, blah, blah. And, so, and it made complete sense, because you know, I may not go as fast, but then I won't go as slow, and it all evens out in the middle, and so if I pick a song 
that's right at the pace I want to run, I'll get there. Yes! So I go out Tuesday, go to run. Uh, the song of life for running is uh, Don't Fight It by Kenny Loggins and Steve Perry. And I'm going, what better song could there be? I am going to eat this run for lunch. So I go out, and I'm running. And I'm, I'm like, not feeling nauseous. And I'm not, like, going to pass out. And it's cool. And it's great. And, uh, and I get done. And I'm feeling so awesome. And I stop my, my, my little app, because you can't do anything in 21st century life without an app governing it. Because if your app doesn't record it, it didn't happen. Um, so I get done, and I finish, and I look at it, and I look at it, and I am a full 40 seconds slower than where I want it to be. I am like, I am nowhere near, I have, I have fallen back, and I just start to rage. I mean, I'm just like, if you think of like any movie you've seen, where the coach goes into the locker room at halftime and he just loses it and he's screaming and he's yeah and the hair is blowing back and he's flipping tables and I'm doing that all in my head because I'm still outside in public and I don't want people like coming and locking me up but I'm just railing at myself and I'm like this is terrible how could you go this horribly this is this is miserable this is unacceptable and 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 part some insane part of my brain is like you know what, I should just delete the existence of this run and I should do it all again. <laughs> do it all again, right. And I'm just, and, and all of a sudden, and I say, your logic is stupid. This is insane. Slow and steady wins the race? Oh, that's awesome if you're a turtle, but that's not gonna get you wanna be. If you wanna get to where you wanna get, you gotta strive. Strive. In, in this random, screaming, raging rant in my head, strive is the word that came up. And in that moment, I knew that this conversation was no longer about, it. I just called it a conversation. <laughs> because, and, and I, I hadn't thought about that, it, just, it was a random slip of the tongue. But in that moment, it became a conversation because I realized I don't use the word strive. It's not a crazy word, it's not a big word, it's, it's not an, you know, unapplicable word. It's just not something I use. Instead of strive, I, you know, you gotta work for it, you gotta fight for it, you gotta go after it. The only time I think of strive is in the Bible, when Paul uses it. And in that moment, all of a sudden I went, if I just in my head use the word strive, I am not running this conversation anymore, and it's no longer about, about what I'm ranting about. And so I'm, I'm walking up and down 100th because I'm trying to cool down, though how much cooler do you have to do from a run like that? Um, and, I just, and I just got quiet. I just got quiet in my head, and I, and I just, okay, Lord, Father, you, you just took this conversation, and you are trying to tell me something Help me to hear. And this is what he shared. I think. I hope. If I get it right, this is what he shared. If I get it wrong, this is what I shared. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Oh, sorry, 13. 
Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. That was not correct. Uh, I started with verse 8, didn't I, Hunter? Isn't that what I had in there? Sorry, let me back up. Verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me, has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Now, it's other versions that use the term strive. In this version, it uses struggle. And that's, and that's what striving is. Striving is not just going after something. Striving is fighting for, to be hungry for something, to go after it with everything that's in you. And Paul is talking about going after, got to strive after God. And the question I have to put to us this morning is, are we striving? Not after impermanent things that don't matter, not after that promotion or that bank account or that car or that house. Are we striving after our relationship with Christ? And it seems weird. Why would I have to strive after a relationship with Christ? Jesus did everything for me. I shouldn't have to work for it. If you've ever had a relationship where you didn't have to work for it, you didn't have a relationship, and you probably don't now. God calls us to run after him, to see him as that pearl of great price and give up everything for him. So I ask you, in your spiritual life, what are you striving for? Because all of us who claim the name of Christ should be striving after us, but too many of us have viewed that, have put that in the category of, well, that's something super Christians do, or that's something that super spiritual people do, but that's not something, you know, all the rest of us do. Like, somehow, I'm exempt from that. Like, you know, I'm just here for the not going to hell part, and, you know, the rest of it, you know, I want, I want this, but not that, and, you know, we want to turn God into, like, this giant buffet, and it doesn't work like that. We need to be striving after him 
every day. And it's not just for a moment. It's not just for a season. It's not just for Lent. It's not just this thing with, you know, I really need to be reading my Bible more. And we manage to, you know, get in 10 minutes a day, and we do it for like eight days, and we're feeling really good about it. And then, okay, I think that's enough of that. I'm just worn out. 10 minutes of Bible a day is just wearing me out. Dude, and do that. If 10 minutes of Bible a day is wearing you out, you need to readjust your life. Um, you know what? Hunter, can we run that video? It's an oldie, but a goodie, and I just realized that new members a couple Ephesians weeks ago. Ephesians 2.10. I haven't shared this in a long time, so enjoy. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a, a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, <laughs> but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just, just chisel around, around here, and then, if, you, you know what, if you chisel, chisel a line right here, and maybe four, maybe eight lines right here, that would be awesome. <laughs> You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. Mm. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, Compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Time out. 
I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> Hang on a second. I mean, I, I gotta admit, I, mean, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here, and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life, when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin. But I also did it for another reason. To give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years. These empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them, and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah. But you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Chisel away. But just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in me. Because I know who's inside you. 
because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That how can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just went, God, I'll do that right now. You were just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh, my God. Shh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me, then use me. Then. God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at that as a, as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the life thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's. No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And 
So are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. One of the really cool things about this video is it, it is so theologically dense. It makes like nine really solid, almost completely separate points in there and brings them all together at the same time. But what I want you to think about is this idea that, that God is working on you. God is chiseling you. God is trying to transform you. God is trying to take what you are and fundamentally change you into something completely different from what you are into something that looks, acts, talks, thinks, becomes like Jesus. But this can only happen when we put ourselves in a place where he can go to work with the hammer and the chisel. Because the number one thing that prevents God from doing that work in your life is you not allowing him to. That's another point the video makes. If you want to be in control, God can't do what he wants to do. And so in striving, we are striving after that good and faithful servant. Well done. Wouldn't that be something? If you could go to heaven and you could meet the Father and he looked at you full force in your face and said, well done, good and faithful servant. Doesn't that make everything else, everything else worth it? And that is what he intends that we be striving after. See, we need to be making a point in our life to put ourselves in that place where he can go to work in us. And we need to understand that these things we talk, you know, the, the reading the Bible and praying and spending time uh, alone and in silence and in worship and serving other people. These are not things on a checklist. These are not little dances we're doing to get God's approval. These are God's chisel at work in us. And when we choose to not do those things, God cannot do the transformative work he's looking to do. We are taking control. And there has to come a point where we say to ourselves and we say to him, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. You be in control. And there's got to come a point where we stop saying, you know what, it's a new year, I'm going to come up with some resolutions, and I'm going to read my Bible more, and we read our Bible more for three weeks, and then things get busy, and we stop. We need to strive after the Word of God. We need to make it a regular part of our life, because that's God's chisel. We need to become people of prayer, not just, oh God, today's really going to suck, I'm going to need you to do something, because that's going to be terrible. But all day, every day, ceaseless praying, because that's God's chisel. We need to spend time alone, away from all the other input of the world, the computers and the phones and the radio and the TV and other people, and we need to be separate by ourselves in a quiet place where we can just go, God, talk to me. And there's nothing there to distract us from hearing. That's God's chisel. 
These are the things we need to be striving after. Not because there's some kind of magical prescription, but because these are the tools God is using to transform us. We need to be striving after the goodness of God and Jesus' righteousness and his truth and his forgiveness. Not that he, we strive for him to forgive us, but that we have the ability to forgive others. We need to be striving after the transformation that makes us Christ-like. And if our spiritual life consists of, hey, you know what, it's Sunday morning again, I guess we better wake up early as we got to get to church. That's not, even, that's not even spiritual moderation, that's spiritual mediocrity. And there has to come a point in our lives where we say, enough, that's not what I want to be. Spiritual moderation is not getting me where I want to go. I am not more Christ-like than I was yesterday. I am not more Christ-like than I was last year. I am not more Christ-like than I was 10 years ago. I am not more like, I, more like Jesus than I was when I first met him. And if you sit here this morning and that describes you, it's because you've taken control and you've chosen spiritual moderation instead of striving after God. That's what I want to call you to this morning. Striving after God all day, every day. One of the things Tracy shared in the last couple weeks, which the last couple weeks, people, I love. When we start talking about where we've been and where we're going, and we start talking about vision, I get that, you know, in the story of Emmaus, when they talked about spending time with Jesus and their hearts were burning within them? That's the way I felt after the last couple weeks. But one of the things Tracy said uh, last week was that we never did this to build a big church. And he, when he, say that, he said that, it, it reminded me of uh, a pastor's conference we went to 100 years ago. And there was this, probably the smartest guy I've ever heard named Dallas Willard. And he said, the goal is not to build bigger churches. It's to build bigger Christians. That is what we are striving after. Dear God, help me to strive after and become a bigger Christian than I was yesterday. So Wednesday was a rest day. Thank God. Wednesday, I took my stupid running playlist and got rid of it and put a new playlist together of an hour straight, Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. And I went out running on Thursday. And I did not get there. I was slower on Thursday. I, I, I was faster on Thursday than I'd been on Tuesday, but I was still slower than I'd been on Monday. All right. Now, I go out again on Friday. And in the world of the Hollywood happy ending, I would have gone out Friday. It would have been sunny. I, I would have run this thing. Not only would I have gone faster, but I would have hit my personal best I would have hit the benchmark I was looking for. There, my dog would have been waiting at the finish line for me and not been an idiot. And, you know, there would have been a crowd of people waiting with victory lays and ice cold beers and swelling John Williams score. I ran slower on Friday than I did on Thursday. 
But here's the thing. I was still, still significantly faster than I'd been on Tuesday. Because, see, the thing is, when we strive, when we, really, when we set our minds on the cause of Christ, when we set our minds on Jesus, when we commit ourselves to going after Jesus and attaining Christ-likeness and putting ourselves in a place day in, day out, regularly, where God can be at work in us, and we go after that, sometimes we're going to fail. Sometimes we're going to blow it. Sometimes we're not going to get there. But even when we fail, we're still going to do better than when we don't try at all. And that's what I want for you this morning. I want you this morning to make a commitment, not to me, not to the church, not to who's sitting next to you, but between you and God, that starting here, starting now, you are going to strive after the life of Christ, and you are going to do it every day, regardless of the results. Because that last piece in that verse of Scripture, let those of us who are mature think this way. If you are a mature Christian, if you have been following after God in any way, shape, or form, really, you understand the truth of what I shared this morning. You realize it's true. And even if it's not true in your life, you realize the statement is true, and that's what God wants for you. If any of you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. If what I've shared you sit here and listen to, and you think I'm just blowing smoke, and I'm full of it, and I don't really know what I'm talking about, God will show that in your life, whether that's true or not. But either way, either the truth happening or the truth becoming a conviction in your life only happens when you put yourself in his presence. So today I call you to run after God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that we share. We thank you for uh, your revelation in worship. We thank you for, uh, quite honestly, the, the only sermon we probably needed this morning that, that Teresa shared with us um, that was absolutely beautiful. We thank you for the word as it was shared in, in scripture and in the video. And I just know, Father, this morning that there's no way any one of us leaves here this morning without having heard something from you. And it may have been the point I was trying to make it may have been something completely different, but whatever it is you shared with each one of us, I pray, Father, that when we leave this place, we not leave that message behind. Walk with us as we leave. Walk with us throughout this week and help us to take that message and understand that message and internalize it and act on it and grow in it. And now may the Lord keep you and bless you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And may you from this day and every day forward strive after God. And that most beautiful of praises, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.